this morning, the first thing I did was wake up and check Instagram. A lot of the time, that's the place where I will first see a campaign, even if it's on TV. That will be the first point where I get that message and see it and see what people are saying about it. 20 years ago, your customers came to you. As a marketer, you controlled the message. You knew how to deliver it and what to expect when you did. Now, we find customers in their spaces. We look for them on Facebook or Instagram and we attempt to create ways to connect them to our brands. A challenge and an opportunity. From Facebook, this is Face to Face, unearthing ideas that thrive in a connected world. I'm Jules Lund. As well as waking up to Instagram, Tara Ford is an Executive Creative Director at DDB Sydney. With a long list of awards to her name, she knows a thing or two about building strong brands. But can businesses use digital to tell a brand story? If you know what your story is as a brand, then it's just making that story, putting it in the right position and telling that story in the right way at the right time. The most important thing is, you know, defining why your brand exists, what problem do you solve, and actually the creative execution. That's Clive Dickens, VP of Product Development, Television and Content at Optus. And you may have different creative executions per channel, but creativity and a purpose for brand is just as important on any channel. More from Clive a little later. When Volkswagen asked creative agency DDB to launch the new Polo, storytelling was right at the heart of the strategy. The target market was young and the selling point tricky. The client came to us with the new Polo, which had more safety features than ever before. And that's what they wanted to focus on. It's a small car, so the key demographic was young. It's like 18 to 25, so, you know, kind of the youngest drivers we can get to. And it turns out they're not very interested in safety. Who would have thought? Um, thinking they're invincible and all. So we had to find a way to get to them and make them interested and let them know about this car. We had our global assets that were going on TV and on billboards, but we wanted to do something bespoke that would really capture their attention and inspire this group that are so difficult to get hold of and get their attention. So we looked at what they were looking at. We looked at how they were consuming media and what they were interested in. And something they were really interested in at the time was fail videos. Mate, don't break the slide, come on! Viral clips of injury and humiliation. They are gruesome, they're gory, and the kids love them. Oh my God, oh my God, no! Uh, wait! It's user-generated content that is people doing crazy things and pretty much hurting themselves or almost hurting themselves really badly, so people really enjoy them. It's like Australia's funniest home videos, but now it is all the things that can go wrong. It is. And so you've tapped into this eye-catching content to almost hijack it to actually reverse engineer a safety message. Correct. So that was a phenomenon that we saw. And I think the fact that that was a fail video and the fact that we have safety features could help you not fail so there was a nice link there that our safety features could unfail. Let's run, let's go. So it starts off with this video that is clearly shot from a smartphone because it's vertical. And you see all these young, sort of late teens. And you know it's going to be good because there is this super steep hill 
and they are holding a tractor tire tube. Just as one of the clowns gets in it. He rolls all the way down the hill. And they're howling, laughing. Until this tire tube starts to gain serious momentum, right? And it starts bouncing and you're thinking, my God, if he falls out, he's in a lot of trouble. Then you think, if he keeps going, he's in a lot of trouble. Picking up speed goes over the road. Just as he goes over the road, a car comes out from the right of frame and you realise that they are about to intercept in a very nasty way. And just as the car's about to hit it, the car slams its brakes and stops. And this guy goes flying through. So you go, phew. And then you realise he's still going. It bounces into the water and then there's a moment where there's nothing. No one can breathe like the viewer and his friends at the top of the hill. And then he appears out from the water. And it's tears all round, but, you know, pretty hairy, just on the edges of what is believable. Within a matter of seconds, you've gone on this full roller coaster of emotions, from curiosity to laughter to fear, then terror, and then uncertainty, and then elation. So the video goes out. No-one knows it's an ad yet because they get an influencer to post it on Instagram as them and their mates, and it just takes off, captures the world's attention right from the start. People are just smashing the share button on social. Even the viral video TV show right this minute picks it up. So let's go on to this next cowboy in Australia. He's going to ride what I like to think of as a, a bucking bronco. Oh, no. no this, this has got disaster written. Yeah. Seems like a great idea. How he's standing after all of that spinning, I have no idea. So it still had to seem like a piece of real content. So the way we got it out there was also really important. You know, it wasn't some big influencer. It was someone probably still in the demographic. So the rest of his feed was content like that, so it was believable. And we continue that narrative that he was, in fact, the person behind the camera filming. So he was one of the guys out on a Saturday afternoon doing this ridiculous thing. He's pressed publish and we all just looked away for a moment and then it started to snowball. Got to admit, I had a mini heart attack for a second there. And as it started to snowball... Whoever makes the brakes for that car needs a raise. Bigger than we thought it would, actually. Don't know if I should say that. No, we knew all along it would be massive. A video has gone viral featuring a daredevil rolling down... To Australia and take a look at these pranks. Watch as the tube rolls and down a hill. unnamed internet This heroes. is the terrifying moment of oh, daredevil. Look at that. But... As it snowballed, we just let it snowball a bit and then we sent it out to the more curated kind of sites like Brown Cardigan. Unilad. Um, Unilad, exactly. And, you know, Brown Cardigan, in the first 20 minutes, it had more than 20,000 likes. And still, no one knew it was an ad. It was still content that was being shared and I think it wouldn't have been shared like that had it had a logo on the end at that point. How did that feel? It felt amazing. It felt amazing. So the morning after its release, millions of people have seen this clip. The next challenge for Tara's team is the big reveal. When is the right time to tell them it's an ad? And then it built and built and built, and then pretty much then it was on the footy show, Idiot of the Week, (laughs) and we were all like, oh, wow, this is actually pretty good. So then it went into mainstream media. It went on several other things. I think it was on news channels as well. And... I think it just got to a certain point where we were like, okay, now. 
So we waited for the swell to kind of get as big as we thought it was going to get. And then we followed up with retargeting and, and sending out to all our demographic the same version, but with the branding on the end. The ability to digitally target audiences meant DDB could serve up the branded version to everyone who'd been shocked the first time around. But for all the brilliance of the creative idea, did it actually move the needle in terms of sales? Market share went up almost 12%, I think. There was an 8.2% association with that model of car and safety. They hadn't had those figures before. The huge amount of views it got, it kind of has a halo effect for the brand with that market. They're difficult to reach and impress and entertain. The Polo Unfail Creative had more than 46 million views across sites like Unilad, Lad Bible and VT. It delivered 17.8 million in earned media on platforms the target audience actually engages with. But getting it right is not as easy as it looks. I don't think every brand should necessarily be everywhere all the time. I think you've got to kind of work out who you're talking to, what you're saying, what your story is, what you want people to feel. I think content is brilliant for most brands. It just depends what you do with it. But I think if we look at content, it's even more difficult because you're up against Kim Kardashian's butt, you're up against, you know, a paragliding donkey, you're up against (laughs) Elon Musk's rocket. It's like there's so many things that are awesome out there. Was there ever a moment that you were worried that they'd turn on you, that they had been stooged? I think the fact that it was entertaining and it was fun made it live and made people positive about it. You believe it because so many of the other videos you've seen are unbelievable and they were real or it doesn't really matter because it's a story. Actually, if you think about it and you deconstruct it, it doesn't really matter if it was true or not. It's how did it make you feel? That's Clive Dickens again. He has made a career out of connecting communities through digital channels. He lives and breathes multi-platform brands. After four years as Chief Digital Officer at Seven West Media, he's now at Optus. Seven brought him on to revolutionise the way they deliver TV. Clive's brief? Do something that no one else was doing. Their brand was number one on the box, but how could it evolve in the digital space? For me, the first and biggest risk was was the one that sticks in my mind the most. Less than six months in the company, the colleague with little or no television experience coming into the number one network and large media company and trying to change a behaviour and saying, how do I change a behaviour? I remember driving through the work across the bridge, looking at our transmission mast, and I'm thinking to myself, well, if I've achieved anything in my first five years with this company, I need to reduce that reliance on that transmission mast there because that is a symbol of where we've been and not necessarily a symbol of where we're going. How can we exist in a digital world when we're heavily relying on that? Absolutely. That mast is an incredibly efficient way. So whether 5 million people are watching 7 tonight or 1 million people, you know, there's no variable cost, there's no risk, the technology is scaled and everything works. Getting your brand, your vision in front of millions of people seems like a no-brainer. But like other marketers shaking things up in digital, Clive came up against a big challenge, infrastructure. If you want to put 5 million people watching one video on the internet tonight, I guarantee there is not a single place in Australia where that could happen. The whole internet would collapse. It's designed for lots of people doing different things at the same time. It's not designed for lots of people doing the same thing at the same time. But Clive had a clear vision of where the network needed to be, live streaming. 
taking its content to our computers and mobile devices, something no Australian commercial network had done before. For his launchpad, he chose the annual event that captures the country's imagination, none other than the race that stops a nation, the Melbourne Cup. A horse race that draws 100,000 people to these famous lawns of Flemington, that sees a nation hold its collective breath for a bit over three minutes and showcase to the world a national celebration that is uniquely Australian. Coming to the company with Melbourne Cup rights and thinking to myself, how could I use this key moment to actually change the way this company thinks forever? There's no more powerful story in the month of November than the five minutes that the race has stopped the nation. But you have to be in a pub or watching broadcast TV or maybe at Flemington to experience it. Clearly, it's about um, providing amazing consumer experiences, but it's also about trying to match those moments that really move the behaviour. And those key sporting appearances and those things like the Olympics are unsurprisingly the moments where we as humans feel most together. No, they're stories. They're humans doing amazing things, brought to incredible devices, hopefully as fluidly through the products that we need to develop. So it's already a gutsy idea. Get the Melbourne Cup live on digital devices while the world's watching. But Clive decides to take it a step further. What if Seven didn't just stream the race? What if they used it to launch a brand new 24-7 service like nothing we'd seen before in Australia? So a call with a short meeting, over lunchtime, wasn't even sure who was going to come, prepared a pretty short pitch deck and viewed the audience as if I was pitching. Some of those people were colleagues who I'd already told the idea, but most of the people in the room were probably the first meeting that they'd been, what they called being clived. So the idea of coming in and saying, oh, we're going to this new guy, he's finally got some idea to tell us. I unpacked the idea of this incredible combination of art and science. Art being what happens at Flemington every November and science being what happens in your hand or on your mobile in terms of streaming. 24-7 streaming, launching for the first time here in Australia, not just any day, but on the day where the race that stops the nation. From that moment, we would never stop 24-7 streaming again. We had nothing. We had no technology. We had no product, we had no budget, and we actually had some rights, but we only had rights because of a clause in the contract that effectively I decided to interpret as being rights. So one lawyer went off and actually worked out and said, well, we don't not have the rights, but that's as good as I can give you. And I said, okay, if we definitely don't not have them, then I'm gonna decide that means we have them. So then we had to build that product ensure that we could get that across various apps and websites that we had access to, and obviously test and test to make sure it happened again. So they've got the equipment, they haven't not got the rights, but there's still so much that can go wrong. And Clive is working to an impossible deadline. You got three minutes and 50 seconds to get it right. No one was gonna say, oh, that's fine, my app isn't good enough, or my Android phone's not working, or, you know, they're just gonna blame the broadcaster. And if they get blamed, everyone turns to you. Exactly. And who, who was that strange pommy bloke that suggested that we should... Clive, Clive, where's Clive gone, right? And it would have been the easiest way to end my short career at the company. This is a special edition of Sunrise with Koshi and Sam live from Flemington. We started live streaming at 5am that morning on Sunrise. And there's Koshi and everyone goes, oh, it's really exciting, everyone. 
Hello and welcome to a very special day here on Sunrise. We are live at Flemington for Melbourne Cup Day. You can now watch the Melbourne Cup on your phone. This is fantastic. You know, in the pub you can't hear it or you don't have a TV where you are. You know, don't forget to take your phone with you, download this app and you can do it. And it's very real. I'm sort of coming out of the shower on Sunrise thinking, oh, better bloody work. And it does. Three o'clock comes and the nation tunes into Clive's brand new Melbourne Cup live stream. And they love it. They love their sport in this southern city. It is one of the world's great sporting festivals. The grace, speed and beauty of the horse. We were able to bring this incredible moment to a huge number of people without any service level interruptions. But more importantly, that became the day of which we 24-7 live-streamed all our channels and we've not had an interruption more than a few minutes in the last four and a half years since. For consumers, the coverage is a success. That race that we'd grown up watching on TV was now beamed into our phones, which seems normal enough now, but then that was pretty crazy. For Clive, it's a culmination of lots of hard work to bring art and science together. So it's the ultimate combination of art and science. The art is what happens on Flemington. What an amazing event, amazing day, amazing five minutes. The science is how do you bring that to the largest amount of populations in the moment without it falling over and without it becoming a fail of its own. Building a brand story has evolved. In the past, live streaming the Melbourne Cup or pushing a kid down a hill, it just wouldn't have made it through the boardroom. So what's changed? It's quite complex, but I think you've got to look at what the business problem is, what you're trying to achieve, and what the best way to get to your market is. So, you know, in the case of Polo, it was a given that we were going to go and do content or, you know, do something in that space. But it really depends who you're talking to. Certainly, you're not starting with the TV ad every time anymore. When you want to move a traditional media business rapidly towards a new outcome, You've got to understand what are their drivers. And the drivers at seven at the time and still today are key content moments. It can be a tragic event like spinning up channels for extreme weather in Queensland. It could be a wedding or a royal. It could be a finale of a reality show or more often a sporting event. Well, I think it doesn't really matter what the context is. The same principles apply and that is to really get to someone's emotions, you know, make them feel something, whether that's they're entertained or they're moved by something or they're connecting to it. That is always really the key. You know, if you can make that provocative and, you know, if that's the right thing to do at the time, then that's even better. Big things happen in key moments in companies like this, and it happens because we mobilise humans around this sort of one-to-many experiences. So I do it all over again. And I'd continue to think about doing it at the key moments when it actually has the most jeopardy. Michelle Payne has created history at Flemington, the first lady to win the Melbourne Cup. Right at the end of your comfort zone, that's when life really begins. Big thanks to Tara Ford, Executive Creative Director at DDB, and Clive Dickens, VP of Product Development, Television and Content at Optus. Make sure you don't miss our next episode. Just press subscribe to stay up to date. It's free. I'm Jules Lund, and this is Face to Face from Facebook.